Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus took Peter, John, and James and went up the mountain to pray. While he was praying, his face changed in appearance and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were conversing with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his exodus that he was going to accomplish in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions had been overcome by sleep, but becoming fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As they were about to part from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But he did not know what he was saying. While he was still speaking, a cloud came and cast a shadow over them, and they became frightened when they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, this is my chosen son. Listen to him. And after the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. They fell silent and did not at that time tell anyone what they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In order to understand what is happening in the transfiguration, we need to see what happened before the transfiguration and what happened after it. The Bible and church teaches us that Jesus was like us in all things but sin. And if that's true, then like you and me, he didn't have a full understanding of his mission from the very beginning. Just like you and me, he had to gradually come to understand his mission. Jesus spent a few years, two, three, four years, probably about three, teaching, working miracles, healing people, and the ministry went well. But sometime later, he started to feel like there was some greater part of the mission that he had to accomplish, that there was something more than simply teaching and, and healing people, that, that God the Father would be asking him to do some greater mission. But he didn't know exactly what that was, and so he's a bit lost and confused, perhaps, for a while. You see that even in the geography. Jesus at this moment is in Caesarea Philippi, which is quite a distance from uh, the center of the Holy Land, quite a distance from Jerusalem, quite a distance from Capernaum. He's, he's out kind of in the hinterlands. And he starts asking the disciples, who do people say that I am? And they say one thing or another. Some say Elijah, some say this one, some say that one. And then he says, well, who do you guys say that I am? And it's Peter, of course, who gets it right, right? You are the Christ. You are the Christ. And, and that answer must have cut like a knife to Jesus because unlike Peter, Jesus knew what that meant. 
Jesus knew that if it's true that he is the Christ, then he would have to become the suffering servant, that he would have to die for the people. And so he says that out loud. He says, the son of man will have to go to Jerusalem and, and be arrested and tortured and, and die for the people. This is the first time that Jesus says that in Luke's gospel. He never says this before Peter says, you are the Christ. It's only now that he's beginning to understand his mission. And it's a terrifying mission. But he's not completely clear on it. And so what does he do? He climbs a lonely mountain. He goes up on a mountain to pray. And there he gets his mission. Now, why is Moses and Elijah there? Well, there's a few different reasons, but the reason I want to focus on today is that Moses and Elijah had the same experience as Jesus that I've just described. Moses brought the people out of Egypt. They were enslaved in Egypt, and now he's brought them out of Egypt. Wonderful. But for years, they were just lost in the desert. They couldn't find the Holy Land. They couldn't find the promised land. They were just lost in the desert. And here's Moses lost and confused with the Israelite people in the desert. And what does he do? He climbs a lonely mountain. He climbs Mount Sinai. And over at the top of Mount Sinai, there's a great earthquake. And he hears God in the earthquake. And there's a great fire, it says. And he hears God in the fire. And he knows what the mission is now. He comes down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments, the Decalogue, and he starts a new covenant between God and the Israelite people. It all started when he came down from Mount Sinai. It was on Mount Sinai that Moses got clarity on his mission, and he got the strength and the courage that he needed to fulfill that mission. And they could not enter into the Promised Land without that clarity of mission and the strength and the courage to fulfill it. Elijah, Elijah had confronted the queen and told the queen that she was acting immorally. Queens and kings don't tend to like being told that they're not doing correctly. And so she sends assassins to go and kill Elijah. And so Elijah is literally running from his life. And he runs up this mountain, Mount Horeb, to the top of the mountain of Horeb. And there is an earthquake, but he doesn't hear God in the earthquake. There's a great fire. He doesn't hear God in the fire. And then the Bible says there's a tiny whispering wind. And he heard God in the tiny whispering wind. And guess what God told him? God said, you need to go back. Go back to the queen and continue your mission as a prophet. Elijah gets clarity of his mission, he gets the strength and the courage he needs, and he goes right back, and he finishes, completes his mission as the prophet. The same thing happens to Jesus on this mountain. He goes up to the mountain, and he receives clarity of mission. When he comes down the mountain, just a few verses later, Luke's gospel says this, having fulfilled the time and he now sets his face to Jerusalem. He sets his face to Jerusalem. That phrase, sets his face, is an important phrase in the Old Testament. 
It's a phrase that comes from the prophet Isaiah when he's speaking about the suffering servant. In the voice of the suffering servant, Isaiah says, I set my face like flint towards my opponent. I gave my back to the ones who would beat me. I gave my face to the ones who would harm me. Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem. He knows what his mission is. He knows that he's going to have to die for the people. And he sets his face towards Jerusalem. It was up on that lonely mountain that he received clarity of vision of his mission and he received the strength and the courage that he needs. Why is this important for you and me? Are you ever lost and confused in your own desert? Are you ever unclear about your own mission? Do you need God to speak to you about your mission to give you clarity? Do you need strength and courage for your mission from God? Then you need to climb your own lonely mountain. You need to go to your own sacred space where you encounter God. And maybe you'll encounter God in a great earthquake or a fire like Moses, or maybe you'll encounter God in a tiny whispering wind. But you're going to encounter him if you go to your lonely mountain, to your quiet space. But going to a lonely mountain is a difficult thing sometimes. Pascal, who's a great spiritual Christian writer. He also did mathematics, as we know well. Pascal said this. He said, all of humankind's problems come down to man's inability to sit alone and quiet in a room. And if that was true in the 17th century, how true is it today? Our inability to sit alone and quiet in a room. Scientists have, have discovered that those who have spent a great deal of time looking at screens, which is pretty much all of us, have the attention span one minute longer than a goldfish. One minute longer than a goldfish. And so it's not easy for you and me to spend time quiet, alone, in a room. It's hard to climb the lonely mountain precisely because it's lonely. Where is that lonely mountain for you? Is it Manresa House of Retreats? Is it, is it the Jesuit Spirituality Center? Is it, the, is it the Archdiocesan Spirituality Center? Or maybe it's the Adoration Chapel just a few blocks from here. Or maybe it's just a lawn chair in your backyard or a comfy chair somewhere in your house. Where's your quiet space? Where's your lonely mountain? Lent is the time when we go back to the lonely mountain, when we go back to our quiet space. And if you go there, one way or another, you'll hear God's voice. You'll receive your mission, and you'll receive the strength and the courage to fulfill that mission.